0: Please look with me at today's scripture reading from Luke one twenty six through one thirty eight. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much, per- much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. May God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of Scripture. Our hearts and minds are open. Amen. Hey
1: everyone, and and welcome. Um, My name is Robert Mercer, and I'm the teaching pastor here in our modern worship service. And today, we're going to do something that we haven't done before, and I hope it's the beginning of doing something a little bit different. No pressure on that. We're going to have some conversations from time to time. And so excited to have... Uh, Reverend Julie Holly, with us this morning. Welcome, Julie. Y'all, Thanks. y'all, thank, Well, y'all, welcome, Julie here. Now, for those of you that don't know Julie, she's a pastor in the North Alabama Conference of the United Methodist Church. Uh, she is currently serving as the chaplain at Birmingham Southern College. She's a, a, a mom to Alina in Davis, and uh, married to our very own Mike. Holly, and so we are glad to have her in our midst as a congregation. But before we dig into the the uh, Advent lesson for the day, okay, I have a question. It's a little bit self-serving. What does Mike Holly like for Christmas?
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> he is a big coffee snob, so any kind of fancy coffees or... Gadgets for making coffee or things like that, and also technology gadgets. He loves okay. new phones. I mean, not you're not going to get him a new computer, but he loves new computer, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, he did tell us that he couldn't get another coffee gadget without sending one away.
2: Yes, we have a new rule at our house. <laughs> a new kitchen gadget, if it comes into our home, at least one of Equal or greater size must leave the kitchen. (laughs) It's it's getting too much for me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But um, one of my favorite things to do for Mike, it started several years ago, is every Christmas get him a useful gift, something that we need in the house. And it started. Years ago at our old house, we had um, our hot water heater in an exterior closet, and it didn't have an insulation wrap around it, and the closet wasn't super insulated, and I said, we need to get a wrap on that thing before it gets too cold, and he said, yeah, yeah, I'll do that, I'll do that, yeah, yeah, and I was okay, great, I'm like, have you done it? No, have you done it? No. Well, on Christmas morning, he got to open up his presents, and one of his presents was an insulation wrap for the hot water heater. So I helped him out with that. And he got to put it on that week. So he loves to see what I get him for Christmas.
1: Oh, awesome. Very, very practical, useful, yeah, yeah. useful gifts. Yeah, that's
2: <laughs> awesome.
1: So uh, this week, I mean, this year during Advent, uh, we've been talking about making room for the Christ child. Uh, The characters all throughout the birth story of Jesus in some way had to make room uh, in order to do what they were called to do. The very first week we looked at Zachariah and how uh, he had to change his expectations in order to make room for Jesus. And then last week we talked about Joseph and how Joseph had to change his plans in order to make room uh, and in the scripture that uh, Maddie read for us today, Mary too had to make some room. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that we say a lot around here is um, everyone's important, everyone has something to bring, so let's give Jesus our best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before we dig into the text, I just want to ask you uh, as a mom, uh, a wife, a daughter, friend, as a pastor to students at Birmingham Southern, what makes it difficult for you to make room to give your best?
2: Um, I'd say just making time because as a mother, my focus is on meeting the needs of our children and making sure that I give time to them to hang out, even if they don't want me to, um, and to listen and to do stuff with them and and to kind of shape their lives too. I mean, they're their own people and they get to choose their activities, but I want to make sure they're getting involved in certain things and part of different communities. And um, so driving them to their sports events, driving them to Bible studies, things like that. Thankfully, Lena can drive now, so I don't want to drive her so much. And, of course, lots of time instructing them at home. They would say bossing or nagging, but instructing <laughs> them at home so that they have the skills that they need when they leave the house.
1: Now, now they have a great sense of humor. Uh, you shared with me this morning what you you asked them which service they were going to. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah I said, was- your dad's preaching in the traditional service. I'll be in the modern service, and we're doing this kind of dialogue thing, and I'm not sure how that's going to go, I, I, so y'all can go to wherever you want, and um, I think it was Davis said, well, modern, because they have donuts, and we don't know what is going to happen with you, so it might be funny, <laughs> so they're very supportive of me, um, and being a spouse, I'd say it's very similar, because I want to take time to listen to Mike, and give him time, you know, there are certain things that I can do to um, bring him comfort just like he does things to serve me. Um, and, and also, instruction. I got to take some time to instruct him occasionally, too. <laughs> uh, uh, so, just giving time to them. And then I, I always say it's like I go um, from taking care of folks at home to taking care of people at work because my work is a pastor. My, my vocation is a pastor. And so, when I am working, I am, I'm mostly responsive to the needs that arise. Mm. with the students there. So my days are shaped by what other people bring to me. Um, And so it's difficult focusing on family needs, focusing on student needs to make sure I create and carve out this intentional time to connect with God. And I'd say that's the hardest thing for me to make room because I get caught up in all the expectations of of other people and the expectations I put on myself and then before I know it, my plate is overflowing and my day is full and then I haven't set aside that time to connect with God. And I I know that I'm not alone in this. I know (laughs) that there are other people who face that same struggle for making space for God in our daily lives.
1: Absolutely, and and in our our text, Mary had to make room, so to speak, uh, so that she could be, uh, you do wonder how much she was aware, the mother of the Messiah. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you read the story of Mary, uh, we read the excerpt from Luke. What are some of the things about her character that just, inspire you or, or, or you connect with?
2: Um, I would say inspirationally and also just theologically. Now, this isn't in our text, our reading today, but right after this, Mary goes and visits Elizabeth and they have this amazing connection and they mm-hmm. recognize that their pregnancies are connected to each other. And then we have Mary's Magnificat or Mary's song where she praises God for God's saving activity yeah. in the world. Um. And in that song of praise, she includes these examples of God turning things around, like the rich will be made poor and the lowly will Mm. be raised, the hungry will be full, the rich will be sent away, those kinds of things. And so it's this turning upside down of things. And really in Mary herself, we see that God is not operating in our social expectations because Mary's from Nazareth, not a great place. In the Gospel of John, I think it is, when um, Philip is calling, asking Nathaniel or Nathan,
1: yeah, to yeah.
2: Say, he says, come on, there's this guy from Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth, and, and he goes, can anything good come out of Nazareth? <laughs> you know, so this is not an exciting place to be. It's not the heart of the religious community by any means, um, and she's not a person of money or influence or power, and she's only 13 years old. I mean, of course, people lived shorter lives then, so 13, that was when most people would get, most women, most young girls would get engaged, would be around 12 or 13. Um, but think about what you're doing at 13. You're not thinking about marriage, for sure, but, but you have a woman, you have a, a young woman, you have someone from Nazareth, someone who doesn't have influence or power or money, and God sends Gabriel, and Gabriel says, you are the favored one.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How is she favored? It doesn't make any sense, right? So in calling Mary, God calls the unexpected person and undermines the social system and status in a way. And from the Old Testament, we already know that God calls the unexpected and the unassuming. Um, We know that God makes a space for unlikely voices to be part of proclaiming God's kingdom and sharing the good news. We see that throughout scripture.
1: Yeah, that, that's something that, that strikes me as well is how, um, you know, you use the word un, unexpected. Um, and, and I guess in our English words, I don't know if that's powerful enough because you, you think of uh, the, even the shepherds abiding in their fields at night. I heard someone, and I can't remember where, say, that's a that's just a nice way of saying they were homeless. Yes. You know, that yes. that, that all throughout the story are people who are going White, yeah. <laughs> me? It can't be me,
2: right? And they—they they were homeless and stinky shepherds. You didn't want yeah. to hang out with them. They've been out in the fields with the right, sheep. Right, right.
1: Mm-hmm. They were—they were riffraff, uh-uh. so to speak.
2: Yeah, and and so I believe that when we make room for other people's voices, people who are not always heard, people who not always have a position of power, um, when we make room for other people in conversation and in leadership and. In, our local churches, then we're reflecting. We are extending that same grace that God gives to us because God's grace creates a space at the table for all of us. We're all welcome. When we talk, when we um, uh, share in communion and we say this is open for everyone, God's grace creates that space for all of us to come. And so when we create space for people to come in and their voices be part of the conversation, then that's an extension of God's grace. I think that's pretty powerful.
1: Mm, and, and, you know, we're, we're coming up on, Christmas Eve, and uh, one of the things that I used to think, my, my former life I was a Baptist. and so, Me too. Yeah, and so I would go, why in the world are we doing resurrection stuff on Christmas Eve? But yet, you just said it, it's that place at the table that, that we're all welcome at, at his table, and, and we have to make room for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a good friend, you actually worked with him, Ben Nelson, who who, who says, I told him we are preaching on making room, and and he said, um, well, when you make room, something's got to go. Yeah. And and, and I thought that was really, really neat. So uh, another thing we talk a lot about here is bridging the gap, meaning taking steps to becoming closer Mm -hmm. to who God wants you Mm -hmm. to be. What are some things we can glean from Mary's story that, that you think can help us mm-hmm. to take those next steps to being who mm-hmm. God wants us to be?
2: Um, y'all know that song, Mary, Did You Know? We hear it a lot this season.
1: <laughs> it gets a lot of attention on Facebook too, maybe, right? <laughs>
2: maybe an unfavorable opinion, but I cannot stand that song. <laughs>
1: um,
2: it is... I can't stand it. Um, I want to answer the questions like, yeah, she knew this. No, okay, stop out. I don't know. I'm not a fan. But she really, um, so in Mary's call story, when Angel Gabriel comes to her, it follows patterns of God calling of prophets, of kings and leaders. And so in all of those callings, these other folks in the past say, yeah, you know, I'm here for you, God. But that is before they hear what has to happen. Now, Mary gets the picture, of what she is called to do. She doesn't understand the full thing, but she gets a sense of it, and she still says yes. Now, she may only be 13, but of course, she's at an age at the time where she's about to be an adult. She's gonna have adult responsibilities. She has a sense of what her adult future is gonna be, and so she probably has this vision like other young people do when they're about to be married of what is coming and what I want to do and, and how is this gonna look, and then the angel comes to her and lays out this whole new plan and so in order for her to say yes to this, she has to set those expectations aside. She has to set aside that vision of what her future is going to be and say, in order to say yes to the future that God is calling her to. And it is hard because like you said, Ben said, when, some, when you make room for something else, you have to put something aside. And we want to believe because Mary is such a great example of, just saying yes, God. This is me. Um, even though it sounds like it's going to be hard, she still says yes. Um, and we want to believe that we will do. We would be ready to do the same. That we would also say yes quickly and easily. But I'm not so sure about that all the time. Our lives are packed with things, with all of our responsibilities and and um, things that we like to do and things we feel we need to do. Expectations we put on ourselves. Expectations other people put on us. And so we get so Overcommitted and overfull in our lives. Where's the space that's made for listening for God and saying yes? I, the college students, I talk with them at Birmingham Southern all the time about needing to say no to some things because they get overcommitted, and um, they then can't do a good job at any of the things that they want to do and need to do because there's too much stuff. And that's true for us in all stages of of life. I think my earring is destroying this, sorry. In all stages of life, um, it's true for us where we get, starting around middle school, I think, we just get things piled on and piled on, these expectations, I I need to do this, I have to do this, I want to do this. And if I wanna be successful when I'm 40, then I need to, now while I'm Mm. 14, make sure this happens, you know? We have all this anxiety about what we do now is gonna completely shape what we do in the future yeah i
1: I tell tracy all the time i'll complain about i feel like i'm not doing anything well uh everything i'm doing is just halfway done Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know yeah
2: and it's and it's hard to say no but um this is kind of inspired it's not exactly the daily examen but the daily examen um was um created by saint ignatius of loyola and it's sort of um a daily reflection prayer to help you be aware of where God's presence was um, in your life that day. And so in doing that, we can look at what things in our days are life-giving and what things are life-draining. Now, not everything we do is fun and is going to fill us (laughs) with joy. Some stuff just has to be done. Um, But if there are things that can go, let's look at what is life-giving and hang on to those. And what is life-draining? Maybe somebody else can do that or we can set that aside at least for a season. Um, because if we're, we're so overwhelmed and our plates are full, then how do we even recognize first God's call? How do we have the moment to, um, of quiet to listen? And then how do we have the space in our lives to be able to say yes when everything's all piled on? It's a challenge, so then you gotta figure out what to keep and what to let go of.
1: Yeah. Uh- I think it was the four hour work week, which is a book. But I may be wrong. They they advocated if you want to uh get rid of something, just stop doing it and seeing if anybody complains. <laughs> see if
2: anybody notices. <laughs> see if they even notice, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing with us and, and giving us some of that. Uh, inspiration this Advent to be able to make room uh, in our lives for where God wants us to be and God wants us to go.
2: Yeah, Advent... Well, I'm sure y'all talk about this here, and it's part of regular kind of Christian education about Advent being a time of preparation. And so we think of all the things we do that prepare for Christmas, that prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus. So there's so many things, you know, exterior lights, interior lights, the tree, gifts, wrapping, cooking, party, all of these things that we feel like we have to do, these traditions that get ingrained in our Decembers and our patterns. And we think, well, I have to do this to make them happy. I have to do this and I have to do this. Um, But I think it's good for us to stop and consider all of these things that we're doing to prepare to receive Jesus for, for the birth of Christ and say, is this really preparing us? To celebrate this, or you know, is it keeping me from prayer? Are all of these things I'm doing keeping me from spending time reading scripture and connecting with the family? Or is it just plain making me grumpy that I'm having to do all of these things? If so, then you know, let it let it go, lay it aside, so that you can create space in this time of preparation to to uh, receive the Christ child um, and celebrate the special birth.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, we want to go ahead and invite the band to come on up, our, our worship band, uh, as we begin to kind of wrap up our our time together. Um, as we were kind of uh, uh, chatting about this, one of the things that, that you said, it was either this morning or earlier in the week, you, you, we talked about how uh, Mary went to Elizabeth's.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah, right, right uh, after she makes this uh, decision to follow. I think this text says uh, here I am, the servant of the Lord, let it be with me. And then she goes and hangs out with her cousin Elizabeth and I thought that was so telling of, of how we can maybe do an Advent challenge for you and maybe tell someone what your plans are.
2: Yeah, like how can you would take some time to reflect and pray on what it is um, you need to do in order to create space, to make room to encounter God in, in this season and just in daily life, and then share that with your family, people, people you live with, or people you spend a lot of time work with, maybe at work or friends, so that they can help you. Because Mary didn't do this on her own; it, she wouldn't have been able to say yes and fulfill this as easily if Joseph hadn't been supportive, if Elizabeth and other family family members hadn't been supportive. She did this with the support of the people around her. And so sharing that with other people can help us get support from the people around us so that we can help each other to make room in our lives.
1: Yeah, that's just part of the good news. God is with us. We're not alone. And we have each other to uh, help us grow and take those steps in our faith. And And uh, Julie, also want you to know that as the chaplain at Birmingham Southern, you're not alone either. Uh, we... Are there in our prayers, and and uh, if we can support you in that in any way, just let us know. Well, and, you guys
2: already do provide food uh, okay. for the Wesley Fellowship on campus, so you do provide um, yeah. funding for some meals for the students, and we're very appreciative of that.
1: Well, if you know any college students, you know that food's very uh, appreciative. Yeah, during, yeah, they during love it this season. Of life. So uh, I'm going to close in prayer, but, but I'm going to do a special prayer. I want to pray for Julie and, and the work she does there at, at Birmingham Southern as a pastor of our annual conference. So <laughs> uh, let's pray together. God, we just thank you for this day, this time. Uh, we thank you for Julie for coming this uh, morning and talking with us and sharing with us. Help us to learn and grow from having conversations around your word. Oh God, we uh, pray for Julie and her family that, that they can make room and experience you in a new and different way this year. We pray for her as she serves uh, our young adults at Birmingham Southern that she helps that walk alongside them as they journey to their next phase in life. Oh God, this is Advent, help us to make room for you. In Jesus' name, Amen.